Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, welcome down to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy, episode 116. Um, how are you, pal? Are you good? Good. We've just been talking about Wordle. <laughs> the thing is, when people listen back to this in like six months' time, they're like, oh, you remember Wordle? That was a thing. <laughs> well, I'm currently on a 13-day streak and I'm like, I'm, I'm addicted. You've got 20 days in you and you're done then, I reckon. Yesterday, I almost forgot, like literally almost forgot. I probably got to about 9pm. Normally I do it in the morning, but I was busy. And I saw someone on Twitter put it, I was like, ah. Yeah. So hopefully, I know people get annoyed with me putting it on Twitter, but hopefully it reminds somebody to their word. Yeah, on that it's day. a bit sad when on Twitter, I'm not into that. I it's, like it's, it when I like it when it's like related to a to like a score in golf. Like if you're doing four, it's a par. If you're doing three, it's a birdie, two is an eagle. <laughs> one hole. But on Twitter is the equivalent of going playing around the golf and going, Oh, Rick played golf at the week. Well, I bogeyed the first and then I got on the second. I hit one. I thought I got out of bounds, so I hit a provisional, but then I got them. My first one was in by a foot. And then I fatted it, and you're getting bored already, aren't you? That's what a podcaster is like, really. Well, actually, it? speaking of podcasts, the guy that made Wordle was on MKBHD's podcast, Marquez Brownlee, a massive tech YouTuber who's been on this podcast before, and it was very interesting how he came up with Wordle. I um, want to listen. The one thing he, d- he doesn't mention, though, is how it's essentially copied off a TV show. Um, Lingo in the UK is there literally the exact same thing. There but you go. He's made a million quid. So Is the guy who made the Wordle American? No, he's English. He's actually from South Wales. He's called Josh Wardle, and that's where the Wordle came no from. No way. Yeah, that's where he came I from. thought it was like Word and Puzzle. It's just can't, well, it's just coincidental that he's kind of played on his own name as well. And oh, wow, that's cool. He worked for Reddit for many years, and he's a techie guy. He sold it for seven-figure sum to New York Times. So. Legend. Anyway, uh, <laughs> That's our cool topic. That's what, that's what we think is cool kids is what's like popular right now, but it's really not, is it? No. Um, well, it is popular, but no one be for much longer. No. Uh, it's the golf podcast. We talk some golf. We've got a lot lined up today. I'm looking at my notes. I'm looking at my notes to today, about. and we are absolutely jam packed. The first thing, though, we're recording this on Monday, as always, and this will be out on Tuesday. Today, Tuesday, so not really today, but tomorrow, which is today, the people listening. <laughs> that's not confusing, is it? Tuesday. Our tickets for the live podcast go on sale. Whoop, whoop. So the only annoying thing is, this isn't a great way of pub, uh, trying to plug it. I'm not fully, fully sure on the website link yet. However, if you want to come, it's in London, and the date is Friday. I best get this right, hadn't I? Saturday, is that right, Rick? Yep. The 28th of May. So it's Saturday, the 28th of May. I think it's going to be in the evening. Tickets will be available on. So if you go on Google. 
and you search for The Podcast Show London, from tomorrow, you should be able to find tickets on there. We will put, if you watch this on YouTube, we'll put a link pinned down below. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, check your description. So when you actually go onto the podcast, there should be a description below it. We'll put it in there as well. And we'll also shout about it, hopefully not for too long, because if we shout about this in three weeks' time, we haven't sold all the tickets. Yes. So obviously on the back of the first live podcast, hopefully people who missed out go we cannot miss out again um and like i say we're coming to london town this time so it should be very exciting and what we want to do if you've been watching um the golf this weekend the waste management people are throwing beers please throw beers at the stage wow rick's really into rick said if he was at we're gonna talk this in more depth but rick said if he was at the waste management he'd have been throwing <laughs> beers so throw beers at the podcast live if you want why not yeah um <laughs> anyway so that's um Exciting, live yes, podcast in London. Really Looking exciting. forward to that. So yeah, again, I feel a bit bad there's not more details exactly, but I've, I've texted the guys with the website link today and it's a bit of a thing. I can't okay. quite work it out. But anyway, it should be live when you listen to this. You can buy tickets. Awesome. Exciting times ahead. Um, should we start with the waste management? Then? Yes, let's do it. This, this feels like an actual golf podcast and we're talking about actual real golf very early on in the podcast. We are. Waste Management Phoenix Open. One of the flag ship events on the pga tour yes marked in many many golf fans and even sports fans diaries for months ahead wasn't in mine it was in yours <laughs> always <laughs> when to be honest now whether you know it was coming always <laughs> you didn't know till last week <laughs> as soon as i start seeing pictures of like yeah exactly influencers so there. a week before you knew it was coming um coincides with super bowl sunday typically so it must, in america it must be a huge crazy day and that's where we see some craziness going mm. on um well, let's talk about the golf first. So, Scotty Scheffler won, took victory. I actually watched it, certainly the last kind of six, seven holes. Um, never looked like he was going to win, but made birdie, birdie. Oh, sorry, he didn't birdie 18th, actually. He, made, he birdied um, 17, forced a playoff with Patrick Cantlay um, after three holes played. Amazing shot from Scotty um, Scheffler into the green from the bunker and then hold this tremendous birdie putt. Patrick Cantlay lost. So, Scotty Cameron. Scotty Cameron, Scotty <laughs> Scheffler, he's the first time PGA Tour winner. Uh, is that his first win? First wow. ever PGA Tour win. Even Fair though he's been in the Ryder Cup team yeah, and everything. Say, he's a very established name, didn't realise that. He's kind of, he's always up there. I mean, even like the top list of players like Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, Brooks Kepka. But there was a name up there who I absolutely wanted to win. Thagala. Okay. Rookie. Yeah. He got a sponsored invite to play in the event. He's come from the Corn Ferry Tour absolutely cool as you like had the 54 hole lead to so going into the final round with the lead with all these massive massive names around him on the leaderboard he absolutely held his own all the way through his round of golf he was playing up to the crowds he was having the most fun all his family were I out saw there that clip of all his, there's a lot of family wasn't a lot there? of family there i mean it was just what dreams are made of like not only to be in his rookie PGA Tour event by a sponsor's invite to be leading, to be in the final group and get this, on the 17th hole, the drivable par four, he was joint lead, I think at the time with Patrick Cantley. A lot of the players are making birdie on that hole because it's very, very kind of easy. He hits what looks to me like a two hybrid and he hits this beautiful little shot and it, it just started fading towards the middle of the green it, it was coming in a bit hot, so it was a little bit low-flighted. And as it landed on the fairway, it took the worst kick I've ever seen. Left, 
over the green into the water. And it was like, how unlucky. Because he didn't he didn't hit a bad shot. Um, ends up not getting up and down from his drop zone, uh, making bogey. He made a great par at the last. He finished joint third in the end. Um, obviously, it'll be his biggest paycheck by a million miles. And uh, for me personally, watching that last night... When a rock, sometimes when a rookie's up at the top of the leaderboard. I don't think, with this rookie thing, though, he has played on the PJ Tour before. I'm looking at his stats. He's played oh, really? in 2019 to 20 and in 2021. Only a handful of events. But it says he made four cuts last year. On the on the actual PJ Tour? On PJ Tour. Tour website, yeah. That's not what it was saying on. All right. Maybe I've not done my research enough, no, but, but I'm just, sure. Because uh, I had not massively heard Well, I hadn't heard of him, not even massively. But it says that this year he's made nine cuts. And it says that the year before he made four. And then the year before that he played one. And then he he made a cut as an amateur in the sixteen seventeen season. Oh yeah, no, these are oh maybe rookie season. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what is it. Were they all invites last year? Has he got a card? I don't understand. I'm not maybe rookie season. Maybe rookie season. Either way, anyway, he's done very very well. And I really really wanted to support. It. Like for some reason, I was really really behind him. Yeah, he's played actually he's playing the USO, but yeah. Anyway, he's not as quite as rookie as I thought but anyway he was class he didn't win unfortunately but I'm sure he'll come back stronger um but in more pressing matters the waste management obviously is not particularly just famous for who wins sometimes that can be overshadowed mm. by a lot of the other actions that go yes. on at waste management including the 16th hole the par three um at the stadium course where it is literally a stadium built round the park. Literally a stadium, isn't it? Is it like 40 or 1,000 or is that too many? That seems too I many. I feel number. like I saw 20,000, but don't quote me on that because that could also it's be wrong. tens of thousands of spectators rammed in around this path three, 360 degrees. It is an un believable spectacle like you see it and i love the clips when you when you come off the back of it and imagine building that around something like the 12th at the masters or building that around um the 17th at sawgrass or whatever it may be it is an unbelievable scene setting mm. it's had massive moments there back in 1997 tiger had his only professional holding one there it's mad how at the time when you look at that video it looks rammed but you compare that to now yeah. and it looks like it's like a ghost town doesn't it and what's really mad about that it looks really downhill on that clip yeah. where it, i think it's pretty flat actually um it's not long hole i think it's probably like the furthest back, or something yeah the furthest back they can play is probably like 150 odd 160 maybe yeah i've played it um, when the grandstands were up, I played it about five, five or six years ago, and the grandstands were up. Um, I can't quite remember what I did. I don't believe I hit the green, but there was literally a few builders knocking in a few bloody bits and bobs, and I was I was nervous even just then because it was just the amphitheater. Mm. It was like you never play golf in a setting that's like that. So imagine filling that with twenty thousand, let's call it, fans, spectators, TV cameras, celebrities, um, drinking, yeah. <laughs> which we'll come on to. It, the atmosphere must be unlike any anything else ever. The closest thing I would say is at the first at the, the Golf National. Oh, yeah, the But, but even so, that was just the tee, wasn't it? I think the unique thing with the par three is, no matter where you are, something that's a short one, you can see everything. The other closest, and this is very, not even that close, but was, what was that hole at St. George's that had where Jigger Thompson had a hole in one and we stood oh, yeah. on it. Yeah, that, was that was a bit like, like a, a mini stadium. 14th or something. But that was more like, yeah, like traditional grandstands. I think what's so unique with this is how it lets you wrapped around. So you walk into it and you're like in a, like it's an amphitheater. Um, yeah, you walk, you walk in via a tunnel 
you come in from the 15th, which is a phenomenal par five. It almost gets really overshadowed because you almost never see any footage on there. It's a really good par five where it's like an island green, risk and reward and everything. But it kind of gets overshadowed because the par three is coming up and then 17, 18 are phenomenal holes as well. But you walk through this kind of tunnel and it, it must just hit you. The the atmosphere, the sounds, the smells of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> um, like crazy, crazy. Now, I, oh, I did see a start and I'm, I'm annoyed that I didn't take a screenshot of it now. About the holding ones that have happened there. Let me just see if well, I can been a lot. quickly. Not loads, no. Um, oh, that's going to annoy me now. I should have taken a screenshot over the weekend. I saw a start. Um it was something along the lines of it was it's at least been 20 plus years since a holding one has taken place on the final round all right i know that for sure um there's been a few holding ones as to go along but this weekend there was two holding ones mm. um rider i can't remember his first name i want to say samuel it is a thing. Oh, it is sam rider yeah so sam rider on the third round the saturday which again the atmosphere must be absolutely incredible makes a holding one yeah, which was incredible. a cool one, wasn't it? It was. Pitched right at the flag, spun in, dropped in. And then on uh, Sunday, I'm going to really get his name wrong again here now, uh, Ortiz. Um, he seemed to right, almost have loads of top spin to go in. I think the greens got really, really, really hard. Because he was only hitting nine. That's iron. what I mean. It, it like bounced and rolled in. Uh, he also got a hole in one. Carlos Ortiz. Then he went on to Eagle 17. I saw that. It's the, first, it's the first of the year back-to-back Eagles, apparently. Unbelievable. Played two holes in three shots. Um, but then the carnage. Mm, pure carnage. Took place yeah. after both said hole-in-ones. Now, yes. again, picture the scene. Amphitheatre. Loads of drinks going on. You're there watching, waiting for something magical to happen. Yes. And something did magical happen. Yes. Celebrations were um, strong, Yeah, is a probably good description of it. So you might have seen it over social media this weekend. As soon as both players got the holding ones, obviously the crowd went absolutely berserk, jumping, screaming, shouting, but then decided to do something that is sometimes happens at sporting events where beer was thrown. Yeah. Bottles were thrown onto the golf course. Marshals were ducking out the way. TV cameras were trying to dodge kind of these missiles. Mm. Players were trying to do everything they could not to get hit. Massive cleanups after, ironically, at the waste management, Phoenix Open. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing then for the next hour and a half, the bar was completely full of people wanting to restock the drinks. Replenish. Replenish. Um, huge delays in play from actually picking up the bottles, not sure if there was damage on the golf course, not sure if there was excess kind of waste, water, beer on the golf course, but it was scenes that we, I've never seen on the golf course before, ever. No. Ever, ever, ever. But you meant you mentioned, actually, you saw a clip from 1997 well, that, yeah. when Tiger did it. So basically, I, I, I didn't watch much of the golf, but I, I kind of watched the clips, and I was on social media, so I feel like I saw enough um, to get a real kind of understanding of it. And it didn't quite sit right with me, but I'm going to try and explain my point. And I'm always conscious with the podcast that we obviously, we record the podcast, so it's a full-length audio podcast, obviously, and it's a full-length video podcast as well. But equally, we do kind of smaller, bite-sized chunks that people can watch on YouTube who may not normally tune into the podcast, who might watch your videos occasionally and see this random one pop up and they'll click and watch it. And it might be eight minutes long or ten minutes long. I sometimes feel with those, because people don't know who I am often, they'll just jump on whatever you say and not 
kind of give it context. So I, wanna, I was really thinking about it this weekend. I was thinking, how can I explain it in its simplest form that people might disagree with me, that's fine, but can't take what I say incorrectly. So I was watching the golf said online. I watched the Holy Ones, obviously, and I saw the celebrations and I saw the the, the um, almost euphoria between the players, the people were there, and it looked like people were having an amazing time. So that I am fully behind. But I did a tweet that hopefully kind of sums it up, in my opinion anyway. I said, I like how it's different. I like how it's fun, exciting and noisy. I love the stadium setup. I just hate the unnecessary throwing of drinks. I've never understood it and never will. Now, that last bit isn't just about this event and golf. For me personally, and everyone has different opinions, different whatever, I never understand it when you see people at events. And, and England did it in the you know in the Euros and they did so well. People in big crowds just launching beer everywhere. You get it at rock concerts, people throwing beer. For me personally, I've never been in an environment where that's something I want to do or feel like it's excitable or something that, you know, it gets me going throwing a beer. I kind of get it if you're holding the drink and you jump up and naturally some of that comes out. But literally getting (laughs) it. That's what all these people said. Well, yeah, getting that and then launched it down to the green. For me, I just don't get. Now, what I am behind, firstly, I'm massive behind golf having different events and um different kind of ways <clears throat> sorry different ways of the crowd enjoying themselves i love like i said i absolutely love the way it's a, literally a stadium it's so different it's so unique and i imagine the players you know it's one week of the year absolutely love it i, I, I imagine they do anyway i bet they get more nervous but i yeah, bet they yeah. absolutely love it i bet the people that go have an absolute great time and thoroughly enjoy it so in that side of it i am absolutely well behind it. it makes golf look cooler and i said to you before off the podcast growing up golf was my sport and it still is my sport and i'll hold my hands up i found it quite difficult sometimes telling people i played golf because i was scared of what they would perceive it as and how they would perceive me it's boring it's an old man's sport you should play football you should play rugby so anything that ever happens in golf that makes the game look a bit cooler i feel kind of proud of because yeah. i feel like you know what i mean I yeah, like, yeah so I'm absolutely behind that. I don't want it to be seen as stuffy and old men and boring. I love the explosion, the excitement. I just don't like people launching beer, partly because I don't get it. You've paid probably $8, $10, whatever it is for a beer, and yeah. now you're throwing it. Yeah. Secondly, you're throwing it thinking, well, I'm not going to fucking pick that up. Somebody else can. Yeah. How horrible is that attitude? Yeah. And lastly, I mean, I know it's out, this is a really deep point and might not be as relevant, but... You know, people in the audience look like they're all look, looks like they're all taking part. But the better than not, there's some people who don't massively like. They want to be there for the atmosphere, but don't want to be covered in beer. They might have worn a new outfit. They might not drink for religious beliefs. They might not drink because of they might have struggles with alcohol, whatever it might be. And you're throwing beer all over them. I just yeah. don't think it's pleasant. Now you could say, "Well, don't win that grandstand because that's what happens." But that's not fair. Like you can't say this is a grandstand only for people who drink beer. And only people who want it covered in beer. I just don't think it's right. <laughs> yeah. And that's nothing to do with trying to be a killjoy. That's just my own opinion. Yeah. I think you've articulated it really well. And it's, and you, you, you asked me this morning about what I think. And I probably have not overthought it. I've not, not thought of it into it too much because I'd almost feel like I'd slightly contradict myself because when I look on the TV and you write to your absolute points there, I'd actually be like, God, yeah, that is stupid, isn't it? Mm. Like, why, why are they doing that? But I know full well if I'm there, I'd be one of the idiots. Yeah, at least I, d- I would. I just know I would. So I, I, I would find it really hard for myself to kind of almost contradict it because you almost get wrapped up in the in the environment. But you mentioned today, if I was there with my family, if I was there with my kids, things would I I would react differently. I don't think I'd I'd have the same reaction every single time in every scenario. Um, but you weren't the only one. So I put a tweet out 
um, a, a series of tweets actually but just out of curiosity do you like the crazy celebrations on the 16th hole at the waste management 67 percent said they love it mm-hmm. 15% said 15% said they hated it. 18% said they don't care. And that's like five and a half thousand votes. But what's interesting, I know it was only can you go on some more detailed questions, but what's interesting with that is people might perceive crazy celebrations shouting because don't forget in golf, we don't get much no. of that. So people might be behind the more kind of shouting, Correct. the more celebrating, rather than being very quiet, please. Which I, other people might be seeing that more as the beer. Lastly even though I'll go on to another question. <laughs> Lastly, is it good for golf or bad for golf? I'm thankful for this. 84% of people do think it's good for mm-hmm. golf. And I'd agree with that. Yeah. Like, how many new people have never... And I almost think of the, that audience. I almost don't think they're a golf audience as well in that grandstand. The question I would have, and I don't disagree, I think, because I did this survey that you put on, partly because I wanted to put my own opinion in and also see it. So you have to click the answers to yeah. get the results. So I clicked, yes, it's good for golf. So overridingly i would probably say it is but then you think why i just think it's getting more eyeballs and it's it's like the fun you're seeing players having fun yeah and i'll come on to another point in a minute because i actually watched the last few holes of of um the golf last night my wife claire who doesn't particularly doesn't play golf not that massively interested in it um I was asking her a few questions, but I'll come on to it in a minute. So I do think you see players in a different yeah. setting. I think they're a little bit different in that in that environment. More relaxed. Possibly, yeah. We I'll come on to another point in a minute. So good for golf, eighty four percent. Last last question. What do you think of the beer throwing? This this actually this surprised me because for a long time it was actually fifty fifty. Mm. For a long time I was like, what? Um, in the end, it became sixty two percent was downvote. Yeah. Still 38% upvote. I actually thought, in my head, at the time, I thought, oh, surely it's going to be 90% down, 10% up. When it started at 50-50, I'm like, what? Mm. And it's just, just tipped on the scale of downvote. Um, so, there was again, I think it's probably hard. I think for that very, very first time, when Sam, when Sam Ryder did it, people probably just lost their minds and didn't think they were going to do it and it just happened it was just it was spontaneous i'm not saying it's right or wrong it was spontaneous it was it was saturday afternoon everyone's probably absolutely pie-faced or whatever pie-faced pie faced. <laughs> i've had six beer potato pies <laughs> i couldn't think of a of a nice drunk I know, the, the one i had in my head was not family friendly so i thought i better not say that one so um I think in that environment, it was like, oh my God, like, ah, whatever. Yeah, then, that's not natural. There's nothing natural about throwing. Look I don't know. Look yeah. at what you do with your hands then. You're like, yeah, <laughs> like a roller coaster. That movement and getting a... Going, Ugh. It's not the <laughs> Only same. Only takes the one person to do it, probably. And then what happened then on the Sunday when it happened again, I thought, obviously, you know what's going to happen. The players knew what was going to happen. I felt really, really sorry for the marshals because they, they'd experienced it on the Saturday and probably didn't like it. They're now, like, literally ducking for cover. You had even cameramen ducking for cover. And I thought, oh, come on, guys. Maybe you could have learned from but day you, one. You know what I hate about it, though, is the fact that, like, I used the analogy before off camera to you, that if you went to a nice Sunday dinner with your wife and they said, unfortunately, Mr. Shields, I don't know, I didn't know your name, let's just say they did, the bar is full inside, but it's middle of summer, we've got a lovely table outside for you. And you go, okay, let's go. And we've got your three kids with you. They're going to play on the adventure play thing. 
Oh, and by the way, we've got a big, massive 40-foot TV screen outside. And as you know, it's the Manchester United versus Man City derby today. And you go, well, I'm a big football fan. That's perfect. You're eating your Sunday roast, watching the football. Next thing, Rooney, yeah, not Rooney, I'm coming back. I've watched the Rooney documentary of the day. Ronaldo scores the, the winner and United win the game. You're in every right to celebrate. Might give it a little fist, but maybe even stand up. Might go and shake hands. Cheers, everybody. You might shake hands with another one of the dads who's got three kids with him and say, Well done, old fellow. But at no point. Jolly good game. At at no point. You can express your emotion. You might even give it a quick get in. Sorry, I have to bleep that, Matt. But there's no instance where you're going to start throwing a beer. No, I no. no, Just because you're with other people, why does that mean you have to fundamentally change how you celebrate and start throwing beer? I'm a bad person. No, but it doesn't mean you're a person, but why, why? I don't understand what part of it elevates the experience. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know but this is why I really, really can't say I'm absolutely 100% against it because I don't know why I'd end up being one of those idiots. Yeah. I would. And I'd probably I hate like, myself yeah, for it. I know. I'd, I think that, though, on a deeper level, though, and this is a completely different technical fish, but that's why, like, football grounds, all these things negatively happen, whether it be throwing or people shouting things that aren't, right because like oh well it's at the football it was all right it was mob mentality yeah. like if you don't believe that fundamentally why should you change who you are to fit in with the surroundings i just like to fit in and then but then i must admit so then the second second only one i thought oh, it's gonna happen again and, and i thought yeah okay expected the two times however not that the other times uh, i completely condone but the other next two times i thought what well, absolutely ridiculous but that's the point though isn't it there's gonna it's on or off that's what you can't they're not gonna have it like you're saying and i, I kind of again i don't agree with it but if it's gonna happen at all it's on a hole in one in it but then it's like didn't you say justin thomas chipped in it was absolutely ridiculous yeah. in that set in that time you're thinking oh come on like you are now actually taking the mick a bit um he was at the back of the green he chipped in he was kind of giving it all this to the crowd like and suddenly Beer started getting thrown onto the golf course again. I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Like, not that time, because they are, I don't know. Um, and even Justin Thomas's face was like, oh, for God, are you, are you joking? What the hell is this about? And then the other time, did you see the other one, the Harry Higgs one? Yes, we pulled his top up. So Harry Higgs, that obviously, funny. really, you know, well, that's weird, though, because I, I didn't massively like that. <laughs> like, I didn't like him doing that, and I didn't like Troy, Troy, um, no, Joel uh, Darham taking his shirt off and swinging it around, thinking, oh, bloody hell, like, is that... And then beer was being thrown on again. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, like... I think the, I think the thing is, stuff like that, I mean, I, again, I probably wouldn't personally celebrate taking my top off and spinning it, but it's for me, I found it a bit funny. It's more when you're throwing stuff, it's like, I'm going to throw this beer, but I'm not picking it up. Some mm. other peasant can collect this beer for me. I know, I'm, <laughs> I know I've overthought it, but I've spent the weekend trying to understand yeah. how I feel about it, because it just didn't sit quite right with me. And I think there's a fine line. As golfers, you know, as people in the golf media, whatever, we want golf to look cool. Yeah. We want to inspire more people to play. That's all great. And I, I, I do. But there's a fine line between showing people having an amazing time and just looking foolish and yeah. just like it's a mob mentality. Yeah. That's it'd, be, the thing. it'd be really interesting to see if... Um, because, again, what maybe surprised me is how much, like, the PGA Tour was sharing it all as well. Well... The, yeah, they're going to want to make do. golf look fun at the moment, yeah. aren't they, with all these other rumours of other leagues and stuff. But, like, I did think, well, that's quite interesting. But I wonder if then next year, with what's happened this year, they're going to put, like, nets up or it, it not serve beer in that in that stadium. Like, I do think, I'd be surprised if nothing, yeah. nothing changed now between now and next year. Excuse me. Surely there's no way that they can... 
when it happened again. You should do something to celebrate. Yeah, I love it. But <laughs> even like sell fireworks or <laughs> yeah, something. Poppers. Like it's it's more the mess. That's yeah, what yeah. it is. It's more this arrogance. I know. Again, I'm really uptight about it. And I'm sure people will be commenting below. Going, oh, ease up and have fun. I love the fun element. Yeah. But I just don't quite get the throwing it and that somebody else can clean it up. Yeah. I wouldn't drive down the motorway and just launch a can of coke at the car. No, you're right. So. Anyway, Matt, what do you think of it <laughs> off camera? Uh, I, I like the fun. I don't like other people picking it up. Okay. So Matt likes the fun, doesn't like other people picking it up. They should, uh, they should, right, everyone come down, come pick it up. I'll tell you what though, speaking of the picking it up, I don't know what people, there are volunteers, but if they said to people, you can have free tickets to the waste management, you stand on the, the green, you just have to collect beer, empty beer bottles, people would be loving it, wouldn't they? That's it, you get to watch the golf all day. Yeah. Just get a little bin bag and put it in. <laughs> Did you see they actually had rakes? Did they? Actually had like, oh well, you know, like what, you, it, you know, yeah. like when they pick up, when you go to a nice place like um, up at Archfield. Yes. And when you go to practice ground, they have those like yeah, rakes yeah. that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, they get the balls big in. Things like to rake them off. Well, that's it. I'm getting, and this will probably be a little clip on YouTube, but I'm very, um, very uh, interested to hear people's thoughts. I'm sure yes. people will comment down below anyway. But that can, was. Can that. we put a poll on YouTube? Um, you used to be able possibly. to. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, then there was. Well, I don't even know if I need to go into this because I probably don't know enough of the story, like the Charlie Hoffman and stuff, but I don't really know loads about it. He was having a massive dig at the oh, PGA yeah. Tour. And well, there's obviously talk of this kind of super golf league or the Saudi-backed golf league that's massively on people's agenda at the moment. And it looks like, from what we see, Phil Mickelson's got an interest, Bryson's got an interest. Yeah. Um, Charlie Hoffman was kind of essentially slagging off the PJ Tour for rules and stuff, and people are coming out and saying, well, if that's because you're joining the Saudi golf league or whatever then go and do what you need to do. But it's not first to suddenly start negatively Bashing. talking. Yeah, and I, I get that. Like, we well, do... Certainly, certainly the fact, I think he's made like over 4 million from playing, I'm sure, Charlie Hoffman. More than 4 million. Or is it? I'd imagine so. That might have been just last year. Because I'm sure he was in like one of the top 30 um, earners or ever or something like that. I did see something. Oh, th there we go. That's the stat, sorry. He won 4.16 million in 2017 without a single win. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> but, it's, but again, speaking of like the waste management and the excitement, these other potential tours, you know, the, there are going to be more events created. I imagine if they all go ahead, where golf will be different yeah. and easier to watch and hopefully more exciting. But another thing, lastly, again, we've kind of left the waste management bit for, for, for a minute, I guess, until next year. But like, I was thinking this morning about golf and again, the, the issues that it has, and I'll use that term loosely because I, I saw this whole thing of growing the game and we always talk about growing the game and other people talk about growing the game and what does it mean? How do you grow the game? And I just think, unfortunately, golf is, in some instances, in some instances, a difficult sport to get into. And what I mean by that is, let's just say you had a young boy who is 12 years old who watched that waste management and was unbelievably inspired to start playing. Because I think there will be, you know, mm -hmm. there might well be. It looked cool, etc. It's then quite hard to take out to the golf course because I was watching um, that you watched it. Well, you did watch it as well. The recent overlap, which is Gary Neville, who's an ex footballer in the UK, with Declan Rice, who's an England player, West Ham player, and 23 years old, is possibly the most likable player in yeah. the world, and he's so yeah. cool. And they're talking about how Declan Rice got to the level he's at now, and part of it was playing. He, he's from Kingston up in Thames, in kind of I think it's like South West London. And he used to go out on the basic streets with his friends and his older brothers and play football. Yep. And he had a caged area that was part of the kind of council thing and some pitches, well, not even pitches, yeah. just grassed areas. And from there, he got into golf. 
Now, we do hear the odd exceptional story how a golfer started playing in the streets with a bait bean can or something. But yeah. but realistically, to get into golf, you have to have access to golf clubs to go to a driving range or to a golf course. You do. So again, let's go back to that 10-year, 12-year-old weather. They watch this golf this weekend. They absolutely love it. They want to go and play. They walk into the kitchen on Monday morning and say, Mum, I want to start golf. There's quite a lot of barriers there, isn't mm. there? It's, e- it's even just like, oh God, like where? Exactly. Like even just the question of, God, where do we start? So it, we know as golfers that you can get a really cheap set of clubs off Facebook from a charity shop. You can go to a, a junior golf cl- a golf club's junior section, might let you join for £100 yeah, a year. Go and hire clubs when at you, the driving range. Yeah, when you know what we know, it can be quite a smooth, easy transition. But to actually start the game, there's a lot of questions. Do you need separate clothes? Do you need golf shoes? Is that going to be yeah. expensive? How much is the driving range? How many balls you need to keep getting every week? That can get expensive. Like... There is a lot of barriers to people starting playing golf and the perception as well. You know what's mad? We're trying to get my little boy into football at the moment. He's only three. <clears throat> and um, we just very quickly went on Google the other day, football clubs near us. Mm. It was so easy. Yeah. It was ridiculous. There was there was 10 very quickly. They had really cool names like little kickers or kickstarters or yeah, yeah. all these things. And it was almost like franchises. Like, these aren't the only little kickers in the country. Yeah, They're, yeah, they're yeah, everywhere. Yeah. But straight away, you go on the website, really nice website, you can buy the kit straight away, dead easy, <laughs> and you can sign up for a class. And, it, and in half an hour, we didn't actually do because we didn't have a, a time that suited us just yet, but in half an hour, we could have boxed it off yeah. completely and got, and got my little boy into football, turned up on that day knowing exactly what to expect with his little kit and everything. Where golf definitely doesn't have that, does it? it? Yeah, it just feels that people listening are golfers or certainly an interest in golf. So they might know a little bit more, obviously, of how, how to get into it. But it does feel that it sometimes could be quite confusing for people. Um, like if, I, if I even just put in now junior golf groups near me. I, I think that things will come up. All, all I'm seeing is junior sections. So uh, junior sections at Manchester Golf Club, at Didsbury Golf Club, at Junior Golf Section, at Wigan Golf Club. I, I don't know. I felt like, again, the footballer was was easier. Yeah, well, it, it is, isn't it? It's easier to anyway, get sports like thought. that. Um, well, the last point then on, on the golf. So I was watching it again, my wife, last night, just, even just in the playoff, and I just asked her a very simple question. She was like, can we watch something else? <laughs> I was like, no, come on, let's watch this. I asked her a question. I said, how could this be better? As a non-golfer, how mm. would you enjoy this more? And she went, well, first off, she said by turning turning it over, mm-hmm. which wasn't the best, most constructive response. So I said, "No, seriously, how would you? How right now, you as an on golfer, how would you watch this and make it more fun?" This was the playoff where there's two players going head to head to win a prize. Like, so first off, she didn't. Obviously, it was, she'd only just switched it on. We'd been watching for about half an hour. Granted, she knew nothing about the players. She knew nothing about pa- Patrick Cantley and Scotty mm-hmm. Scheffler, which is fine. But like, she knew what was very difficult as a non golfer watching that environment in that setting is it i don't believe tv or or the commentators and stuff do a good enough picture to really paint the scene or the scenario Mm. like it was very difficult for even her to understand exactly what was going on right now it was just like two golfers playing golf yeah it it just didn't as a golfer you know everything that's going to go on when you're watching it but Mm. as a non-golfer even like in in obviously in football and stuff You've got the red team are trying to shoot that way. You've got yeah. the blue team trying to shoot that way. And the red team have got 1-0 at the moment. And it's dead. It's almost quite easy. Yeah. And golf, it just didn't seem that easy. It was so, like, complicated. Yeah. And then she said, like, the commentators, could they make it a bit more fun? I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you can. 
this is really hard to figure out. Do you think as well, like, we say this about golf, and I'm again talking about how we can make it more accessible and more fun, but ultimately we can always try and elevate golf, the experience people have and the experience the viewer has. But ultimately, golf is golf, in it? It's trying to get a white ball into a hole, at least yeah. not as shots possible. And kind of fortunately or unfortunately, that is the sport. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that is what it is. I was just thinking, though, again, like, in that... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In that setting right there, certainly as, as a maybe a casual fan flicking on the TV and going, oh, what's this? This looks, this looks quite exciting. Yeah. Seeing this massive stadium, all this beer being thrown. Even, I know a lot of players have, have said no, no to it. Just a bit of dialogue from the players, a bit of a bit of something so you can go, oh, I like the guy dressed in all white there. I want to support him. Yeah. For whatever reason, because I've just heard what he said or I've just spoke to his, uh, the crowd have just gone and spoke to his wife or yeah. like, I don't know. But again, you think that's going to make golf something that's like, you don't get that in football, do you? Because you don't need it because the, the sport is fast paced. Well, like, that's it's it. simple. But it's simple. It's just it's a shame paced. that's what golf is. Yeah. Golf is a slow sport of, at the moment anyway, four rounds of yeah. 18 that take five hours and a shot, a putt can take four. 45 seconds yeah. to hit like that just is the game and we unless we actually change the game yeah like and even like the daft things like when they're on the green putting and like Patrick Cantley's put looks fairly short compared to Scotty's in the, in the last playoff hole she's going oh he's got no chance of getting this in 
And I and I was like, oh no, yeah, he's got he's got very little chance. But it's even been good, and I've seen it. I have seen it on TV before, where there's even a the percentage, percentage yeah, yeah. just like something that. that goes, oh, actually, he's got, actually, Theo, he's got fifteen percent chance of hole in this, yeah. and, and Claire would suddenly go, oh right, so he has got a chance, yeah. and the other guy's got a fifty percent chance yeah. of hole in that. Oh my god! So he's the, you know, I just thought it was something where it was very interesting. I don't often sit down with a non-golfer watching golf, so I wanted to kind of quiz her on it, but um, inevitably we end up. She ended up going to bed because she was bored. Well, that was Louis Theroux when it was really good. Um, in other news, it is 150 days today, Monday, till the Open. Wow. And um, my friend at the RNA, Paul, sent me something over that was quite interesting. I thought I'd give it a bit of a shout out because it, it looks pretty good. Um, on the Monday of the Open, so Monday the 11th, there's going to be the Open's champion golfers uh, are going to be playing um, in like a four-hole match. So there's going to basically be, there's no names announced yet, but there's going to be people who have won the Open, yeah. women's major champions, male and female amateur champions, and golfers with disability champions. They're going to compete over the 1st, the 2nd, the 17th, and the 18th Brilliant. at the old course. Brilliant. How cool is that? Awesome. Love that. Um, it will feature, so it's actually called the RNA Celebration of Champions. There's going to be 48 golfers um, and it'll be able to be watched on TV and digitally at theopen.com. That's a quite a lot, 48, yeah, 48. quite a lot, yeah. So that would be 12 four balls, if they're doing four balls. Is that maths, yeah, right? Yeah. Is that right? My maths is going to be yeah, a bit that's, right. um, that's interesting. So I'll really give that a shout-out, because I'm excited about the Open. I know you're excited about the Open. It is the big one this year, 150 at St. Andrews. The home, awesome. golf, the home of golf, the home of Guy. You can already see, like, Nick Faldo. You can yes. see, like, Gary Player, maybe I, Nicholas. I, well, yeah, like, wow. Maybe Tiger. I think you'll get some some of the kind of, maybe Rory might play in it and stuff like that. Because for them, obviously, it's great PR as well to play in with, obviously, the female golfs as well, people with disabilities to showcase that, you know, there's so many different ways of playing the sport as well. I think it'd be quite exciting. Oh, that'd be class. <laughs> um, another good news as well, my favourite YouTube channel, Bar Rick Shields and the Rick Shields Golf Show, which obviously. is Stacked Golf, hit 100,000 subscribers recently. Awesome. Well done, guys. I'm... At the moment, I'm going on a massive stacked golf binge. So, people listening, you've heard us talk about stacked golf before. If you're not aware of stacked golf, it's a husband and wife, John and Ashley, who basically go around flea markets, secondhand stores in America, um, buying old random golf clubs, then go and play golf with them. I just can't believe there's so many it's flea outrageous. markets and secondhand golf club markets. But what's mad, I think they're a similar age to us, and the clubs that, like, John remembers... Exactly the clubs we So he's remember. like, he's going, oh, there's like a 983K with a Pro Force V2 shaft on, and it's got a Lamkin crossline corded grip. That's only 40 bucks. I'm going to buy it. I'm like, I want to be there. Yeah. Um, no, they're good. We actually had a FaceTime with them, didn't we? We did. We like, you, you'd have it. You were four beer Rick at the time. That's oh, yeah. why. Too and right. we um, spoke to them, wished them all the best, and congratulated them. So if you want to check out another channel, um, check out Stat Golf. S T A C K. I endorse them. Spell it. And spell it, go on. Are you sponsored by S T A C K E D. No, it's just that I think sometimes it's it is nice to plug other channels that are doing content that you enjoy. And last night I sat down and watched on my TV. They had a new video out and I watched it. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna give them a shout out today because if we can get any more people to go and watch them, I'd like to. Hold on though. Got a big problem with this. One. Because if we shout them out, we have to shout every YouTube golf channel that's ever existed out. Yes, so there has been some beef online. We love beef. Beef me up, Rick. So, you might have seen recently. Beef I alert. Talk about this. Yes, beef, beef it up. Um, we it was was it last week's episode? Last week's episode, we had one you of our questions. Well, it's actually a listener. It was a voice note in from a listener who basically wanted to know who was the best golf YouTuber. And it, this question's been asked loads. It has been asked a few times before. It We've has. answered it before, but 
there's loads more new golf YouTubers. Some golf YouTubers have got better than others. Some have got worse. I'll hold my hands up there. Um, so, and it's, they always make for great clips. So <laughs> last week, I discussed and talked about who I think has got the potential of being the, one of the best players, um, where I probably sit in that list. There's also been another, coincidentally, another YouTuber, um, Kyle Levy. I can't remember the name. It was, a, it was like a newish channel. Sure it, it was, was so random because we did our clip and the day before that, this guy done a video kind of ranking golf creators in like different tiers of ability, um, which was just kind of quite coincidental, actually. Uh, I can't find his name now. But anyway, so listen, in that scenario, in a in a podcast or whatever, Luke Peavy did a video about it. And uh, he, he mentioned an awful lot of really cool young American YouTubers. Yes. So like a lot of good, good lads, GM Golf and all those lot. Bryson DeChambeau was his, his tier one. <laughs> of course. I actually got put in tier five. Well. Hurts me a little bit tier five. I think tier four is fair. Does it matter? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does a little bit. So, <laughs> but either way, um, in that video, again, there's loads and loads of comments about YouTubers that he's missed out, right? And But I, I sympathise with him because when, even when we talk about golf YouTubers and a big who's the best, there are hundreds of golf YouTubers now. And also there's something, I'd love to see the kind of science behind this psychologically, but if you are watching that video and your favourite YouTuber who has 45,000 subscribers, let's just say, isn't mentioned, you almost feel impulsed to then reply and say, but you missed off Joe, Joe Smith golf. Yeah, because like he's he's your man. Yeah. So um, in our little chat, obviously I didn't name, and I hold my hands up, I should have done. I should have spent the, the next hour and a half naming every single golf YouTuber and ranking their potential um placement on this kind of imaginary that's a good idea for a spin-off podcast <laughs> is it number 112 <laughs> it'd be boring Rick as hell Shields. it'd be boring as hell <laughs> so I didn't say everyone's name and I'm not going to do because it's impossible because also what quantifies as a golf YouTuber like yeah. how many subs do you need because you know tomorrow Tiger Woods could set up a YouTube channel he's got two subs is he the number one anyway. well and on the flip side a random person just put a swing video on that gets five views and they have one subscriber <laughs> who's the mum and that well, I put videos on YouTube like where do you draw the line so anyway um, Andrew Jensen tweeted me and was not happy <laughs> at all um, that I'd missed I, I ignored small YouTube channels mm. I ignore them well it, it is funny because blatantly don't even the other week we went them. to the Trapper Centre doing some shopping and we're walking down the the, the, the um, sure, shopping centre and a small channel came up to me and just ignored them he said you've not got 40,000 subs I'm going to ignore you <laughs> I didn't even look at him but that's it's, I think that's very very unfair because obviously back in 2019 I run the YouTube Golf Day um, I was on a podcast with like Golf Fitity just last week who've, who've been around for a long time but they've not, they're not a massive massive channel Um I was, we were on the phone with SAS Golf. Yeah. Um, I can't speak to everyone. Andrew, we had a little chat on the phone. I'm glad you retracted your statement <laughs> because I did think it was a bit out of hand. And I apologise for not including you, but again, I couldn't include everybody. Um, but maybe one day we can come up with a, a massive tournament that settles it forever. But that's the thing I said last time, and people have said since in the, their own videos on this topic, is it's just a hypothetical question, just a bit of fun, you know, 
like you said, I think, didn't you say, you said to this guy, it's like Tiger versus Jack. It'll never happen. You know, Mike Tyson versus Tyson Fury. It'd never happen because they'll discuss it. Like, even there's two things really. Firstly, the chance of you having a match where every single person is included, like you said, will never happen because if there's 200 YouTubers, by the time you actually organise and get it done, there'll be someone else who starts channeling that time yeah. anyway. And, and all on the A game. Yeah, exactly. Everyone plays well. And also, even if that did happen, What's the point? Like, yeah. you don't claim to be best. If you're all saying, I am the best on YouTube, then that would be quite good to watch. But you're not claiming that. Pete doesn't claim that. No. Bryson didn't even come out and say that, even though he clearly is the best golfer on YouTube at the moment, unless again, you know. Yeah, one of the other guys come so up with the channel. It, 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 it isn't really, it's just a talking point, but anyway. All good fun. Um, I've got a question for you that's completely off topic. I'm absolutely guessing you didn't watch the Super Bowl. No. I didn't. Did you watch the halftime show? No. Did you know who was in it? I saw on Daily Mail before, it was like called Snoop Dogg and 50 Cent. Oh my God. What a throwback. Have you watched it? I watched it every minute of it. Yeah, I've watched watch it twice. It. <laughs> What's weird though, because oddly enough, recently, I was driving in my car, cruising around, gangster. Every now and again, I'll go, hey Siri, play Dr. Dre. It's like, it's just come on. I best turn off before we get... 2001 was an outrageous album. Yeah. So, like, I, to be honest, I'm not, I, I don't, uh, oh, this is going to start playing. Sorry, one second. <laughs> God. Uh, I better not, oh, God, yeah, turn that one off. Um, turn that riffraff off. Um, I don't vouch to be, like, a huge, like, hip-hop fan and stuff, mm. but, like, certain songs from, like, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, 50 yeah. Cent, um, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige, like, I'm absolutely all for that because yeah. like certain songs, you know, I don't need to know every bit about every lyric of every history of every album. Yeah, 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 yeah. But last night it was a proper throwback to like the early like 2000s, late 1990s. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to say, it. I no, I'm a class. big fan. Yeah, I definitely watch it. I, I do recommend. Like my, uh, It'd be hip-hop. interesting though to see what like young people see that. I think it's absolutely in our era. Yeah, I think. Some people like 50 Cent have kind of almost, and Eminem have kind of gone down as goats, haven't they? So they kind of respect that. But then you think, you look at the ages, they're all like in the 50s now. This was the only thing I found a bit strange. You're right, they're all in the 50s. Uh, Dr. Dre's 56. Snoop Dogg is 50. I think Eminem's actually 47, but still. I think uh, 50 Cent's 46. Um, They're all dancing, having a good time. Throwing bits. Yeah, (laughs) throwing bits. But being surrounded and kind of, um, grinded on by like quite young lady dancers, which I thought was a bit strange because mm. they're like in the 20s and they're kind of dancing on like 50 mm. odd year olds. But either way, the rappers, it's what the gangsters, it's what happens. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was a good little point to touch yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was. Um, so I've got another little topic I want to touch on, and it's something we were debating doing for a video, and I don't think we're going to do it now, so we may as well do it in the podcast. But if we decide to do it, we do it. And again, it's something we've talked about before and we've had um, discussions on before. But I've had a bit of a quiet weekend this weekend, as you can probably tell by how in-depth we thought about the throwing of beers. <laughs> and it got me thinking about custom fitting again. So hear me out. A couple of things that brought this to light. So firstly, we had a meeting very recently with Titleist who showed us the new SM9 wedges and we were then potentially going to go and review them. We've not done yet. We may do, we may not. It's very yeah. hard to review a wedge. That meeting was very brief. It was basically showing us the new wedges, telling us the key technology, giving us some samples, done. I think now there are, I should have actually got this exact number, but somewhere in the region of 20 or 30 different actual wedges you can get. And from that's Vokey. before, yeah, from Vokey, Titus Vokey, before 
look at the different colours so you can get the different uh, finishes. So there's about six different grinds. Within that, there's several lofts and different bounces, etc. There's a lot to get your head around. Yeah. It's very kind of complex. But they offer that so that essentially everybody is covered depending on the terrain that you play at, depending on the way you deliver the golf club with yeah, your wedges, angles. depending on what loft your pitching wedge of your stock set is, of your current set is, that obviously if your set has a 44-degree pitching wedge, then your gap wedge needs to be stronger than if your pitching wedge is 47 degrees, obviously. Whether you like to sit the face more open, whether you like to kind of... Exactly, the, there's so much, obviously, to, to choose from. And then even with the finishes, they've got a tall chrome, they have a rusty version, they have a darker version, they did a blue version last year. And that is, ultimately, Titleist, who are, in my opinion, make some of the best wedges, trying to cater for basically everybody and make sure that nobody is left wanting. But the thing that... I struggle with a little bit. Is with all that choice, if you walk into most golf retailers, they'll either have no wedges for you to try at all, so literally no. none, or they may have one random 56 that you can have a shot of. Yeah. So my kind of question really is, we know how much we use our wedges, you know, around the green, from bunkers, pitching, you know, a hell of a lot, but you can't try them. They're talking about the importance of all these different grinds, but again, you can't get fitted with that, and certainly on the golf course. We also know that our sand wedge in particular, or lob wedge, we use a hell of a lot from little different lies and again, out of sand, hence the name sand wedge. But where on earth, by maybe Woburn, can you go out and actually try the correct tightest wedge for you out of a bunker? You can go to Woburn for a fee, by the way. Well, yeah. And, e- <laughs> and even on top of that, again, we talk about the importance of a fitting in, t- in terms of length of golf club, yeah. line of golf club, <clears throat> grip thickness, shaft material, yeah. shaft flex. Where could you go for an SM9 in this grind with it half an inch longer with the grip you like on that you can go and you can try in a bunker? That's also not got worn out grooves. Exactly. That's another thing they said. And I get it. After 500 shots of the wedge, the grooves will start to wear and the spin kind of characteristics will deteriorate. You won't get that top, top performance, which is why Tor Pro swap the wedges quite often. So it just kind of, I know it's kind of getting slowly getting to my point, but it just got me thinking, we hear about fitting, 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 find the grind for you, find this, find that. But where can you go to actually try them all I, I would say right now there's there's a couple of categories which are still not perfect but are as close to being as perfect as they can for fittings yes things like drivers yes drivers is probably the, the category where you are almost as close to being fitted everything's on a flat plane surface yep. when you hit driver yeah it's very controlled when you go for a fitting obviously you've been a fitter in the past you, you'll have a selection of heads pretty much all the lofts but now with the loft sleeve you can twink tinker and tweak you have an array of shafts and sometimes even though shafts have different thickness of grips yeah they're probably the only things that you can't carry every selection yep. of all the shafts in every single combination of grip but near enough you can get it dialed in you've got a launch monitor you can pretend you've got on a hole sometimes you actually get fitted on a hole if you need to yeah it's pretty close putter fitting it's just just jumping on though from that the only thing i would say still add using the same golf ball yeah. American Golf Trafford using a range ball. It was a decent ball. You're not using the Pro V1 you might no. play with. And lastly, I've always seen from you, you can sometimes, this isn't the issue with the actual fitting, but from the fitter and the golfer's perspective, I look at this, which one's on the longest. Of course. Look at it. But yeah, you're right. It's it's as close as, to... As a close measurement. Yes. Um, putter fitting as well. that's the best. It is, you can do it on a, sometimes an artificial green inside, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Certainly on these Zen greens that slope and everything else. You can use your actual golf ball if you yeah. wish. You'd like to think you will do. A lot of now putter fittings either have a putter that has a retractable shaft, yeah. like Ping, 
or like even roll where you can actually take the shaft out now and put a new shaft in with a yeah. different neck. You can measure the roll on a launch monitor. It's fairly controlled and consistent. You're not just taking your best ones yeah. either. You're getting the feel of the putter. There's no uh, tape or anything on the face you'd like to think when yeah, testing yeah. the putter. It's the best one. It has to be. So I think generally putters, obviously, like you mentioned there, is probably the best. Iron's so-so. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, probably... Up there with wedges. Well, it, isn't it is because you're hitting typically just a seven iron. Yeah. How do I hit the four iron? How do I hit the yeah. pitching wedge? You often don't know. How do I hit out the rough? How yeah. do I hit it out of sand again? Because you might hit irons out of sand, obviously. And, and so often you'd say, so say you came for fitting with me and I'm in a bay and I've got the tightest whatever iron or whatever brand, Callaway, doesn't matter. And I said to you, right, Rick, I'm going to put in the stock shaft, hit, hit, hit. You're quite strong and your neck's 100. Bang, bang, bang. Actually, that works really well. But you're a bit taller, so you need a quarter of an inch longer. I'm not going to that shaft to try, though. Yeah. We're going to have to order it blind and hope yeah. it works. Yeah. And then even ordering it blind, what, what will that do to affect the, the lie angle yeah. of the golf club or the weight of the golf club yeah. or the way, the way it sits at a dress? Uh, yeah, that's actually a really good point. So irons and wedges are really the categories where you, it's it's the industry is letting you as golfers down. And then do you want to know a bit more juicy gossip? So not even juicy gossip, but something else I thought about. I spoke to a golf brand today. I'm not going to name which brand it is. It's irrelevant. Um, and asked one of the people who is, is a, my opinion, I trust, and, and, and I would agree with, that if you were fitting a decent player, now, determine that how you want decent, but if you're fitting a decent player, and in your testing, and again, how you come to the conclusion is, is up to you, whether it be on a lie board, which is quite dated now, or on GC quad, or whatever it might be, and they came up as needing one degree upright in the Ryan, would you consider one degree enough to quantify ordering a custom set? Mm. The answer was yes, I would. One degree is enough to quantify, you know, ordering them custom. So I said, that's fine. However, with your brand in question, what is the tolerance when people order a set of clubs? And their tolerance, so this, when they send the club out to the, to the retail store or to the consumer, is one degree. So let's just say Rick orders a set of X brand golf clubs and these all should be one degree up, right? Your four iron might be, but then your five iron might be Two degrees upright. Yeah. But then your six iron might be standard. Then you go back to one degree upright. So there's an error there. But you can't have it both ways. You can't say that one degree upright is definitely enough to quantify needing to get custom clubs. But we'll give you a bit of leeway either side. And there's another brand, another <coughs> massive manufacturer who I've since found out and done some research offer two degrees of um, tolerance. Error, tolerance. Wow. So you could order a set that you've been told you are a tall person you come in with the, ha the handle quite high you need two degrees upright in your irons well your four iron could be standard but then your five iron could be four degrees upright wow and this happens to loft as well so your four iron could be one degree weak your five iron could be two degrees strong that's crazy so how i'm not again i'm just just trying to spark a conversation really but it just gets you thinking doesn't it like <clears throat> yeah because you wouldn't get that on a tour truck, I wouldn't exactly. imagine. A tour truck and is, and again, going back to when we had Tommy on the podcast, it, he really did change my mind on on this idea of being sponsored on tour because you feel like you've got like a mechanic working on your clubs all the time and they must be checking them constantly and their tolerances yeah. will be zero. They'll be zero. Like they can't have a tolerance. And it, it just gets me thinking again, is, cost, is fitting important? Yes, I would say so because... If you had a friend who was brand new to golf and they said, Rick, I've just been out and bought some golf clubs and you looked at what they've got and they've got one iron down to sand iron and a tiny little blade. They've got a seven degree drive with a 300cc head. You would look at them and say, well, actually, these golf clubs probably aren't going to give you the most forgiveness. There's things you get that would be better, be more course. forgiving. 
But it does lead me to believe that this whole fitting message now people feel so passionately behind it. I do think it has been kind of really, really manipulated by the golf industry from golf brands and golf retailers to make people go out and continue to buy clubs because there's this story that you need to be fitted, you yeah. need to be fitted. But actually, it's almost it's almost custom shopping yes. as opposed to custom fitting. 100%. Because let's say, um, again, if, if I had a mate who plays off 18 and he, and he had some clubs that I thought, ah, they're not great for you, I can give him a custom shopping and go and explain yeah. to him. You might want to go down to a store and they'll give you a, a, yeah. a list of things that you might need. Imagine if I said to you, right, Rick, you're getting back into running. You really need a custom pair of running shoes. It's so important. Yeah. So I'm going to get on the treadmill. I'm going to measure your feet. Okay, Rick, you're a size 10 and a half UK. <laughs> They're going to going to say. But then when they come, they could be a 10, they could be an 11. We have a bit yeah. of room for error. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what, my left is 10, my, lev- my right is exactly. 11. That, that's literally the exact same thing. So I just don't know, it's just a bit of a food for thought just to ponder. Golf industry might need to do better. Coming on to lofts as well. Yeah. I do want to touch on one topic. I didn't think I was going to talk about it, but I am. When I reviewed the Cobra F9S yes. driver, which, by the way, is ruffled feathers, say mm. the least, um, which I thought it would do, but I'm on the side of the consumer, and we want to tell you guys what we find that we think you need to know about. And I, and still, uh, I wholeheartedly stick to everything I said in that video in the fact that that F9S was being um, sold... On the potential pretense it was an F9. Yes. Pretty much. I think, yeah. And we've also seen now a newer version coming out. You said you saw it in the shop at the weekend. I did, yeah. Which is the Speed Zone S. Again, very much looking like a Speed Zone, but a little bit different. Has the milled face still, but whereas the original Speed Zone had the Infinity logo, which is like a sideways number eight in the center of the face, this one doesn't have that. So it's different in some capacity. Whether it affects performance or not, I don't know. So... The other thing I just wanted to touch on, and I've had this confirmed by many, many fitters, that the 10.5 degree head in the F9S, we cranked down to 9 degrees to match my F9. Yeah. And from my um, information I've received from a few fitters, that would make next to no difference in the performance of the shot. Mm. A lot of people online were saying, oh, you can't test it in a 10.5 degree head and crank it down because that will affect spin of... If it did, it'd be tiny amounts, not 500 RPM spin, not 10 yards of difference. And also as well, I think if your ball flight was going off to the right, then maybe, cause, but it wasn't. You yeah, because the face, neutral. It, again, if people don't quite know how the loft sleeve works, as you crank it down, it actually slightly opens the yeah. face at address. But again, coming into impact, that loft should be right because otherwise the loft sleeve is kind of redundant. That's it. There's, there's two things here. There's, there's, there's firstly... Uh, it didn't make that much difference. I watched you hitting it, and I could tell also by the sound, it was a different sounding driver. It was, it was a different driver, albeit it looks very, very similar. So that's one thing. Even if there is a difference, and that's a big if, it's not 10 yards. It's no. just, it just isn't. But secondly, let's park that for a moment. Let's just say, okay, whatever. Let's park that. The important point here, it wasn't actually massively, hugely, the performance. It was the fact that they've made a driver. They've taken innovations off that driver so whether that again affects performance whatever but they're taking stuff off but retailers and, and and places are selling it and for all intents and purposes it appears to be the original f9 yeah. so that's so, the bigger point yeah the the, the performance it can be uh, can taken with a pinch that, of salt yeah. yeah the other thing i wanted to touch on and get with loads of bloody comments about this why did i test it in the helium shaft that it came in that was quite a strange comment that i thought but so basically 
when I bought it off the shelf, the one that was on the shelf had a regular helium shaft, a super, super lightweight regular shaft. Now, if you're a fan of the channel, you know that I, I'm not a regular shaft player. I swing at like 110 miles per hour. That's kind of in the X stiff to definitely extra stiff range. But for fun, and we didn't actually include it in the video in the end, I did hit that helium mm. shaft. How bad were those shafts? Well, that, that, this, this <laughs> test, so the test we were doing, it wasn't driver. And when I say driver, I mean full encompassing driver versus driver. Because the results would have been it, outrageously it different. It was head versus head. Yeah. Now, you could do, and it would be quite interesting to do a driver versus driver, where you would get a 10.5 Cobra F9S with the helium in regular. That's driver A. You then get a 10.5 Cobra F9 original with a regular shaft that came in a stock. That's driver B. Give it to a golfer who needs regular 10.5. Let them try the two out and just see on that instance, is there much difference? Yeah. Again, it comes down to the shaft is different, so it, it could work either way. But that would be a more kind of holistic test. But this one was purely, forget the shafts, it's head versus head. So the helium shaft that, that I hit, before hitting the other drivers, one was a warm-up. And to be fair, we were going to cl include it in the video, but we, it just wasn't relevant in the end because that's not the shaft we were using. Everything went miles left. And even if I did hit it straight, it went up to space. Yeah. You ever seen those shots? Yeah, yeah. Outrageously high and probably would have carried about 240 yards. So if anything, if I would have had the helium shaft in, it would have been even worse of a result for the F9S. But... We can't blame that on the F9S because that was the wrong shaft yeah, for me. Exactly. So that, that was something we had to take out of the equation. Um, but like I say, the loft factor is so irrelevant. Um, I think though, when you're doing these kind of videos and we put them together, we spend a lot of time planning them and editing them and putting, you know, we, we'd love to try and make a video where you watch it and then there's no questions to continue to be asked. There's no stone left unturned that every answer to every question is answered in that one piece of content. Unfortunately, though, there's always going to be people who either don't fully understand it or want to be awkward and create a question out of it. So I saw one comment online where somebody said, well, yeah, the S was spinning up a little bit higher for you, so why not flip the weight around? Mm -hmm. Now, yes, if you did that, the S would then have lower spin, in theory, if the weights work correctly, which they should, and it might have got closer to the numbers of the F9, but then that's not a head-to-head -head test. No. We need to then move the weights on the actual F9 round, which would then, again, give it more distance, lower spin. Yeah. So in that instance, the F9 would still win. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you, unfortunately, and it's great that people want to engage with the content. We want people to comment and, and ask questions. But I think some of the comments are from people who are genuinely asking a question. And that's fine. We, we, we endorse that. We want more of that. But some questions, some opinions are from people who want to just be awkward and be a bit fussy yeah um which is again fine very, but. very very strange um and then in update as well very soon after that video went live the vid the actual driver was removed off said website mm. and it just checked now it's not on the website and that's the thing again as, as i think we hopefully touched on last podcast and in your video these smu products these cheap alternatives have got no issue with people aspire to own cobra callaway whatever it might be, tailor-made. And not everybody, no matter how good a value it is, wants to buy a pre-owned golf club, which I get. Yeah. You know, somebody's got a bit of a sky mark on or it's been owned by somebody else, of the course. head cover's a bit tatty. You go out and you spend your hard-earned cash on a brand new driver that's literally got the, ripper, the wrapper on that you peel off yeah. slowly and it's it, yours. it has that little unique smell, the head cover's perfect. I get it. But the brands just need to be honest about it and just let people know that for whatever reason, this driver has takedown parts of it that aren't quite as premium as the, the predecessor was 
but that's okay. Yeah, You're still because buying we priced into the brand. it at this price. Yeah. And this is its retail, its recommended retail, not what F9 was originally. Yeah, yeah. This is the, re- we, we're going to sell this for £250 and that's how much you're going to buy it for. And people aren't thick. Like, my car isn't the high level of my car. There's, I've got that thing, and probably you have, where there's buttons that have nothing on because yeah. in the more premium versions, that would be something different that yeah. I don't possess in my car. Lost, so, lost the chauffeur. It, yeah, it's it's not, people aren't thick. People don't need to be spoon-fed. Just, just be a bit more clear about it from, and I think as well, a massive, huge part of this, I'll be honest with you, I don't deep down believe it is the golf retailers being conniving. I really don't. I think it's on the lack of education because it's not anybody that's that super, super senior that's writing the copy that goes onto the website. So if somebody who isn't a, maybe a massive, huge golfer or legitimately thinks it's the same product and they're getting it wrong... It's frustrating, it's not right, but it's not done intentionally no. to con people. No. These retailers are established, genuine retailers who sell good product uh, and I'm sure have great customer service. It's just slipped through the net. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. But I think, yeah. I think I think just in the future, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully now, maybe the Cobra have had the fingers burnt or the retailer. Fingers crossed, we've made a slight kind of impact oh, so, that, so that when like to think so. an smu does come out in the future got no problems with it just make it bloody obvious yes. that's all we ask that's um, all the, i think that's all the viewers ask it feels today i don't know if this is right or wrong but it's been quite a, yeah a little a bit, bit but i've had a little bit on my on my plate like, today no, it's been a bit ranty i came in skipping and happy happy Hall- uh, happy halloween <laughs> <laughs> it's turned in from valentine's day to halloween sometimes these happen rick but i've got some nice questions to finish off okay on. go for so it speaking of being pleasant uh, I did a thing on Twitter, asked some questions, thought I'd spice it up a bit. Normally we go Facebook, but went Twitter this time. Um, from Dan, he said, a time, have you ever had a time you feel like quitting golf? Uh, yeah, I think I've openly discussed this. I don't think I would have quit, quit golf, but the time when I played in Lumina and had an absolute shock, a three-day tournament, loads of news articles picked it up. Um, that definitely was a time when I thought, oh God, do I really want to go yeah. through this? But I don't. I, I honestly don't think I would have quit golf. I'd have just quit as I had did, uh, as I did do, quick tournament golf. Yeah, see, I, I thought that, when I saw that question, I thought, back to a bad round of golf, whatever. But actually, for me, I've had times I've almost debated quitting, but it's not been for playing badly. It's been from lack of playing, mm. which is why now I'm more conscious to try and play a bit more. So I've had spells where I've, I've, I've always played golf since I was seven, eight years old, but I might have had a spell of 18 months where I've hardly really played to the point where, worryingly, you don't even think about playing and it's not like a case of, I am now quitting golf. It's almost a case of, I'm going on a slippery slope I'm, here. I'm now no longer a golfer. Exactly. At what point do I say, oh yeah, I used to play golf. And that worries me a bit. So that's yeah. where I've kind of unfortunately nearly been been at it. Um, so from Carl Whitehouse, is, uh, my clubs are tailor-made RBZ, the original ones. I've not played for about five years. And I'm terrible at the moment. Should I stick it out with these for a year, see if I improve or get some new ones? Um. Ugh. A little bit depends on how your swing might have changed in those five years not playing, but Arby's had a, a fairly strong lofted irons, if memory serves me correctly. Um, just bear that in mind that they've kind of a power iron, really, but I would definitely stick it out with your, your Arby's heads at first. They're, they're not that old, where they kind of, you know, they're an old blade that you've mm. picked up from your granddad. They're an, a modern set still. Um, stick it out, see how you get on, and maybe reward yourself for the first time you you reach a certain milestone, whether that's break 80 or 90 or 100, whatever, and then maybe treat yourself to a new set. Good answer. Yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, stick with them because they're good golf clubs. It's weird, yeah. though, isn't it? Where, like, if you go out and buy a set of golf clubs, expecting to improve, 
unfortunately, that probably won't be the case. The only way it weirdly can is if for some bizarre reason these new ones make you want to go to the range three times a yeah. week and play more, which is kind or, of a side or if effect. totally, totally different to something yeah. you've used in the past. Yeah. Like you mentioned before, if you had a really, really old driver, dead small driver, and suddenly you had a buddy G425 in your hand, you're thinking, yeah. oh my God. But it still doesn't mean you're going to instantly improve, mm. but you'd like to think it's going to help you enjoy the game a bit more. I agree. Um, we're good I think just let's have a minute just to I feel like we're both a bit pent up here I don't know why I feel like <laughs> brands and fitting and throwing uh, beers <laughs> I'm going to throw some throw, throw it throw, throw the beer throw the drink on the floor go on Dave checking out like some lemonade left well, that's, I feel that's good throw the whole thing I Dave. break the cup I'd love to see you break a cup on live on the podcast launch it against the wall no I'm not gonna, it's a nice cup you could gently roll it across the floor <laughs> <laughs> Pass it to me down here. Like it's on the coaster, though. Yeah, well, I don't think it's going to work. It might do. Oh, oh. let me have a go. Yeah, it's good at it. Oh yeah, take but it all back. I'll throw everything. Doing that in anger. Imagine it in celebration. Woo! 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 Well, that's the start of the podcast clip for you. Right, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Tickets go on sale tomorrow. Link in the description. Well, it's actually today. Or today. Link in the description on both uh, YouTube and podcast platforms. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> Rate us if you want. Don't, don't, make guy, don't make guy angry in the Do comments. <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.